Get ready to rock out with your talk out. It's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Guys, welcome back to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. I am your host for this next hour, hour and a half, maybe, mm-hmm, Whoop, mm-hmm. as long as it goes, as long That's as it right. needs to go. Time of madness and insanity, where we will take apart the, uh, today we're going to take apart the life of Eric Clapton, mm. make a complete mockery out of it, nice. as we do with most subjects here Mm -hmm. so i hope that you enjoy it because that's what we're here to do is to entertain you we're here for you we're here for you Mm -hmm. we're here that's a lie we like ourselves i believed it (laughs) i believed it for a split second just for a split second speaking of split seconds Mm -hmm. um mr split second himself mr pittsburgh is in what she said (laughs) (laughs) hey everybody what's happening we have uh we're gonna have a good time uh, today, but uh, first, be quick. Before I do everything, before I do everything, everything before I do anything, let me just jump in here real quick and say, go to uh, rockrageradio.com, download the free app. It, it, you can hear great uh, music programming twenty four seven. A lot of awesome jocks on there. Not like jocks in high school. But no, jagoffs. <laughs> a lot, cool a lot of awesome jagoffs on that. Yeah. App. It's a cool, awesome uh, internet radio station. So check it. Also, uh, don't forget to look at music from the four one two. Check that. Check that out too. Our good friend Bill Damiano. He pops in once in a while, hangs yeah. out with us. He does. He does a great job. But rockrageradio.com, Download the free app where you can hear the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus and a bunch of other great music programming like Hot Licks with Lily Six. I have been making some inroads into getting some of the other uh, the folks from Rock Rage to join us. Oh, cool! For some uh, for some well, podcast. That would be interesting. Fun. I like when we have guests. <clears throat> Right, and real professionals, not like, you know, just jerk-offs like us. I really like we have guests with breasts. (laughs) See what I did there? I'm a poet. I should write lyrics. I know. Okay, uh, guests with breasts. Yeah. Now, now that now it's Tonight. time for. It should be a segment we have. Yeah. Now it's time for guests with breasts. I like it. See, I feel you know. I need to read a uh, jigger this around so. Um, uh huh. So you can see. So me? I can. We can actually look at each other. It doesn't even. Yeah. Dawn, it doesn't dawn yeah. on me till like five years later that like we should. We're, we're looking, looking at, at a screen. We're looking at each We other. should be looking at each other. Um, yeah. yeah. So we'll have to work on. We'll have to work that. That's there's of a course. reason why like um, Eric McKenna's podcast is they sit across and they have the screen off to the right, side. Right. We're doing it the wrong way. I know. Well, the problem is I'm producing while I'm. Right. While, while we're doing it. Sure. And it was rockrageradio.com. Good talent. Free up. Man, I got a side like, squirrel. Kind of like that time you were your own attorney. Remember that? That didn't turn out either. Anyway. Um, so, and um, uh, wolfscustoms.online for awesome uh, uh, custom uh, artwork and finishes done on your musical instruments. And, of course, ludinirockandrollcircus.com for all your Ludini needs. Yeah. Um, okay, and uh, so today we're going to be talking about um, Eric Clapton. We're going to mm-hmm, get to that shortly. Mm-hmm. As always, we like to kind of jump in with maybe some interesting stuff that we experienced right. this week and 
<clears throat> different rabbit holes maybe we fell down. <laughs> exactly. Um, so what about you, Mr. Pittsburgh? Um, what's been going on? Well, uh, I swear, I don't need a girlfriend because I have a car, and the car is just as rewarding as a girlfriend. Uh, so the radiator died in my, and I have a Toyota Highlander, and uh, I got the new... Um, there can be only one. There can be, yeah, and I've got it. Um, so I ordered the part, and uh, God bless my daughter. She's like, you know, Dad, we can uh, we can put this in ourselves. And don't you know, we freaking put that in ourselves. So uh, that's kind of a nice accomplishment. Other than that, really didn't do anything this week. So, uh, you know, you know when people, when people write to me, when they write to me on the interwebs there, and they talk about the show, you know what they like, Lou? What do they like, Mr. Pittsburgh? They like my medical stories when I worked in the medical field. So I got one for you tonight. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, tell you now. Like, <laughs> you play a little bit there. So uh, I had a patient come down, an older woman. She did mid-70s, a heavyset lady. Looks like my grandma. Looks like, yeah, I wanted to call her Nana. It looks like my grandmother. We're doing a brain scan on her because she's had a change in like her mental status so we want to see what's going on so get the uh get the get her get the patient on the table get the camera all set up it's going to take about 45 minutes because very slow process but i get to sit in the room with the patient i start the process and i hear her go oh i'm like oh miss Uh-oh. miss so-and-so you okay she goes oh yeah miss so-and-so that was I'm actually fine. her real name kevin you're not supposed damn to say it, the I'm real name to, damn it i forgot anyway so miss so-and-so uh so she goes, oh, no, I'm fine. I'm like, okay. Yeah. She just remember to hold still. <laughs> remember to hold still. Yeah, just hold, hold still. Hold still, Granny. Hold still. Well, there. I give it to you. No, come on. <laughs> Although, as the story progresses, you're going to see how funny that is. <laughs> I don't even know. but We do talk about some stuff before yeah, we start. I, I haven't told this story. This just popped yeah. into my head now. And I'm like, I'm going to tell that story. She goes, oh, Mike. Mike, is that you? <laughs> I'm like, Miss Sansa, who, who's Mike? She goes, that's my husband. I'm like, oh, well, he's not here in the room. Just, you know, just hold still. You're doing great. Oh, Mike. Oh, Mike. This is my grandmother moaning. Right? Oh, I'm like, just hold, hold still. She goes, oh, I can feel your tongue. What? I can feel your tongue. I'm like. Miss Sansa, are you okay? She goes, oh, I'm thinking about Mike. Mike knows how to use his tongue down there. You know what I mean, down there. This what? is my grandmother. Not, not no, my, not you're my making real, this up. No, you are no, making this up just to no, entertain our audience. No, this is absolute <clears throat> truth. And by, this it's sounds not my crazy. Real, it's not my real grandmother, by the way. <laughs> Just, she looks like my grandma. She, could be my she just plays my grandmother on television. She's like, "Ooh, you give it to me, Mike," and I'm like, "What in the hell?" So I have access to her chart, and I start reading her chart. And, and the poor woman, God bless her, she had a stroke. But when she had the stroke, it affected her libido. So this, my grandmother, the 78-year-old woman, is obsessed with sex. She's wow, yeah, dude. Your yeah. wife has a stroke and becomes obsessed with sex. Hold on, dude, can you talk about hitting the fucking jackpot? Hold on, <laughs> hold on, Lou. Mike, I, I Mike, got, he's probably the luckiest motherfucker on the planet. No, God no, bless Mike. No, I read, I, I read a little more, and um, <clears throat> Mike. 
unfortunately has had prostate problems. He had prostate cancer. They did oh, surgery. my, dude, your life sucks. So he can't get it up. <laughs> and now he has a wife, which explains the whole tongue thing at this point. Now I think about it. Oh, Mike's tongue. But that's, yeah, this is like just some of the weird stuff that I experienced by this, like, I, no, I wouldn't even say little old lady. She was a good full-size old lady, looked like my grandmother. Well, yeah, she, you know, some, some old women are like very tiny, but she was a full-figure gal. But the whole 45 minutes I had to hear her going through a fake orgasm on my scanning table. I'm like, oh my God. I've heard, I've heard some funny stuff, too. What is this first thing I want to tell you? I'm going to tell you, too. Uh, the first one here is funny and sad uh had a gentleman on my he was an inpatient he just had a gown on and he was on my table and scans over so i go to sit up <laughs> i go to sit him up and he's like Hoo! i'm like sir are you okay he goes i just sat on my sack oh my blue God. what do you say to that I didn't know what to say you to say, that. Are you okay? I said I'm sorry. <clears throat> can I can I straighten that out for As you? As a man, I all I could say was I was sorry. Right. So we get him. Okay. So that's well. Over. Now you know. Move in the future when you're working and helping people, they want to make sure that their sack or is not in the way. If you are that patient, make sure your sack's out of the way before you sit up. <laughs> The other one was uh, uh, an older gentleman. The next day, there's a memo, you know, for all the texts, uh, like, parent, make yeah, sure uh, people's sacks are out of the way, guys. Way before they sit up, we don't want them sitting on their sacks. Uh, the other the other one, I'll, I'll tell you before I take off. Oh, yeah. The other one I'll tell you before I take off there is uh, uh, scans over, getting this gentleman up off the table. And, he, and again, inpatient. So he has just a gown on. And he's like, uh-oh. I said, uh, well, no. what's, what's hey, wrong? That's something you want to hear is, uh-oh. Yeah. I'm like, well, what's wrong? He goes, I, I pooped my pants. I'm Except like, oh, you're wearing pants. You know, all right. You. I pooped. Lou, I you shit went, the bed. Lou, you're wearing a gown. Lou, that's, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> At that point, I realized he's just wearing a gown. He didn't poop his pants. He pooped my bed. So I had to clean that up. But you know what I really feel bad about, Lou? <laughs> God, here we go. Lou, let me tell you what I really feel bad. I feel really bad about Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. Stevie yeah. Wonder pays child support. For children he never gets to see. <laughs> oh, let's get and now let's get right into it. Lou and Lou. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Bones. Long time no here. Tell us about your week, Lou. Um <clears throat> I could tell you about how the fact that <clears throat> yes. I am dealing with GERD and oh. I'm having issues uh sometimes sleeping at night because the, yes. the everything comes up, you know. Right, right. <clears throat> and so I've been like, yeah, my body's so weird. Like the doctor mm-hmm. will say, well, when does it do? Does it do when you eat this? And I'm like, well, sometimes. Yeah. So do when you drink mm-hmm. that? Well, sometimes, but not all. You know, it's like so weird. So I'm like doing all the things and, you know, taking all the precautions and like sure. setting up on it, making sure that, I, you know, trying to get this thing reined in. I, because I, yes, I have a big bottle of pills that I could take. However, yes. <clears throat> those pills kill all the acid in your stomach. Yo. And when I was on those, I gained weight. Yeah. It was, you know, I bloated all the time mm-hmm. <clears throat> turns out like all the, like if you're trying to like eat a healthy diet we're well, not getting anything yeah because your body because can't your body's digest. not processing yeah yeah, 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 yeah. exactly <clears throat> so that's not good either so oh my god i've been really kind of working on this and um 
It, so that's not what this is about. So fine. So last night, you know, I'm I like, you know, it's been a few days. I'm starting to feel like really good, and so it's I'm totally relaxed in the evening. I'm like just so mellow. I'm like, oh, ah, yeah. you know. And there's not a hint of any issue. Sure. Like okay. I'm gonna sleep. And I so I lay down. And my kid, my cat crawls up on my chest. We fall asleep. <clears throat> and I always have the I always have the TV on with. I usually start with ghost stories yeah you know with and then then usually i'll in sometime in the middle of the night i'll switch over to like ocean waves yes, or something like yes, that you know soothing. i have yeah. to have something I i'm like thing. and it's not yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so <clears throat> i um <laughs> i'm sleeping and all of a sudden i'm wide awake there's nothing wow. wrong with me every light in the fucking house is on and the tv's off you have a very talented cat. <laughs> no, here's what, here's what goes on. Here's what's going on. Uh, the lights that I have in my living room <laughs> okay. are those okay. remote control LEDs, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. <clears throat> and apparently, <clears throat> when if they're set to on, because you shouldn't be turning the switch off with right. those, because you'll break they, 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 yeah. they break them. Not meant for they supposed to use remote control. Mm-hmm. So they were all off with remote control. But apparently, we had there were some storms last night, yeah. and we had a power yeah. thing. Yep. And when the power came back on, it just thank you. It turned off every light on in a fucking house wow and um like you know why do i'm wide awake and there's a thing on the tv no internet connection Uh so i'm like so i'm running around turn off i'm turning off all the fucking lights (sighs) by that point like i'm like wide awake yeah and it was four o'clock in the fucking morning Uh, and i'm like okay so so comfortable mm -hmm, and i was sleeping so mm -hmm. good i was like motherfucker yep so i did get back to sleep for a little while but um yeah it's just stupid shit Yep, lovely. Welcome to old age. Yes. Have you seen the Snow White production still? <clears throat> this is all over. YouTube is a Twitter with the, uh, YouTube I, I, is a Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I see what you did because um, Twitter ain't Twitter no more. I know, Twitter's yeah, so X, whatever. Uh, who cares? Whatever, whatever. I'm not on Twitter. Uh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Even if I was, would, who cares what you call it? Yeah, I, I don't really. Wait, wait, um, any case, uh, yeah, squirrel. Um, yeah, so Snow White production stills. Yes, have, have, and people thought it. Everybody was like, "Now these have to be fake." <laughs> yeah. Just do a quick search on it. You'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah. <clears throat> Everybody's like, this has to be fake. No, it turned out it was real. Bob Iger is very upset. He's there. There, there's pressure on him to resign after the Indiana Jones uh, giant failure. Yeah. Right. Um. <clears throat> and um, so now this is happening. And there's another thing that they're pretty sure is that, that they spent a gazillion million dollars on, and it's pretty, pretty it's sure it's going to tank. Yeah. There's something I can't remember what Eternals or something. Oh. But I think it's another Marvel uh, thing. Oh Lord. That there does does not boding mm-hmm. well. But anyways, you know. So here's here's what happens. Go. You just look at them. These aren't. Um, first of all. Oh my God. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> this is like such a. Only see these are twenty first century first world problems. Right. This is proof that like the pandemic taught nobody nothing, uh-huh. and that like nine eleven taught nobody nothing. Nothing. The Great Depression didn't teach anybody anything. Nothing. The Cold War didn't teach any. No. Not. We're no. still squabbling over fucking bullshit. Stupid. Yeah. But so here's what it is. <clears throat> I guess when this movie was being talked about, yes. Peter Dinklage took great umbrage. I like Peter Dinklage, sure, uh, sure. At the use, the use of I'm making air quotes here, dwarves. <gasps> Watch your mouth. The D word. <sighs> Fuck you, Peter Dinklage. Come like, on. come on, dude. Like, it's not. They're not making fun out of. I don't know what the. 
cor- the politically correct nomenclature is for it, for whatever condition it mm-hmm, is that you were born mm-hmm, with, whatever sure. s- differently sized. Yeah, I don't sure, know. Sure, sure. <clears throat> That's not what they're talking about. They're talking about like a you know kind of fairy tale creature right. from like going way back, you know, you know, thousands of years in human mythology. Right. Okay. They're not talking about you. Right. Okay. Oh my god. So he got involved. So now. I'm just going to say it. Dwarves aren't allowed to play dwarves. <laughs> okay, so now what you've done is just kind of what you've done with the trans athlete thing. Mm-hmm. Is like, now, now you've taken parts that were available to people who were differently sized. Sure. <laughs> and you've eliminated those parts. They can't get those parts now because it's politically incorrect for them to play themselves. In a way. Little people, yeah. 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 Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <clears throat> so That's this, you know, great. This is what happens when you do this, like, this is where why the woke thing is completely falling apart. Look, man, I'm not against trans people or any people. I don't care. Do whatever you want to do. But this whole, like, thing that you're yeah, doing with like it, it's just, yeah, you, you know, yeah, get over yourselves. Yeah. Get over yourselves. Just, it's, it's fine. Nobody gives a fuck. No. You know, you don't care for short, tall, black, brown, purple, green, from outer no. space, whatever. No. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. But these, you look at these pictures, it looks like a high school play. Right? <laughs> it doesn't look, it's right? crazy. <clears throat> Go check it out when you get a chance. Um, I went down to um, Guitar Gallery. Did you now? And um, let's see, I want to make sure what we got here. We got some tasty blues, maybe, right? Sure. I um, picked up a couple yeah. of pedals. Did you know? Um, <clears throat> the Marshall uh, Amplification was the first company to create the pedal, the amp in a box pedal, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was called the Governor. And um, oh, good day, the, Governor. Hello, Governor. Right. Um, and then they made this whole series. There's the, the Governor, the Blues Breaker. I think there's oh, a Shred wow. Master. Yeah. There's like three. Or, there's like four of them in the whole series. <clears throat> and they they issued these pedals. And I, maybe they were like ahead of their time. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. But they they were only out for maybe three years or something like that. And uh, they went off into pedal history. Uh-huh. <clears throat> well, fast forward 30 years, and the internet happens. And pedals are like a huge thing, and there's like even a like a whole vintage pedal thing. Right. And, yeah, yeah. And there's certain certain pedals that are super rare that you spend insane amounts of money. The Klon yep. is going for yeah. like eight thousand dollars on reverb or something. A pedal. Yeah. Yep. Um, so basically, at this point, it's not a pedal; it's a collectible. It's exactly. Like a, you know. Yeah. In any case, um, um, a man you may have heard of, John Mayer. Oh yes. Started using one of these pedals from this lineup <clears throat> called the Blues Breaker, and um, and of course John Mayer blew up. He's giant, uh-huh. enormous. So Marshall hasn't made these pedals since the, I believe the early nineties. Wow! And um, so these original Blues Breaker pedals were going for obscene amounts yep. of money on yep. Reverb and on eBay and everything because people wanted wanted them <clears throat> and they don't make them anymore. So Marshall did a really smart thing. They said, well, why should just used people buying, buying and selling used stuff make all the goddamn money? Mm-hmm. So they reissued the exact pedals. Oh, they are great. literally 
the case is exactly the same. They didn't change anything. All electronics are exactly the same. There's literally no difference. The only difference you would hear would be the difference in um, tolerances you would hear from components. Okay. That's all. Yep. Literally the same. Yep. The only thing they could not get was the company that made the knobs. Oh, okay. No longer makes that exact style of knob. Oh. They're really they're they, yeah. they fit on the pedal perfectly. The yeah. ones they got, they, there's no, <clears throat> they're just they there's conch difference. Mm-hmm. And um, I am um, so, and I wanted them really bad. Yeah. Um, so I was just kind of waiting till I you know, had some, you know, you know, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. a good month, and I had some, sure. some cash. Yes. And also, I didn't want to buy it online i wanted to buy it at guitar gallery here so in canonsbury yeah, because those yeah. guys are awesome and yes. try to throw local guys a you know some uh, some businesses whenever exactly. i can <clears throat> so i went down there on saturday afternoon after breakfast and uh, you know um they they had the whole lineup and so the ones i was mostly interested in was the blues breaker and the governor the gov hello right. the governor hello. The governor hello governor of course say like this governor is that I'm what, the governor. Like I had my eye on the governor. Anyways, um, <laughs> so I said, I, I told Jimmy and Tim, like, let me try. They were like, yeah, of course. You know, this was oh, so yeah. laid back. <clears throat> so they we set them both up, you know, on, on a Fender amp. And I was fucking blown away. Yeah. Just completely blown away. Like the, the most natural sounding uh, overdrives. Mm-hmm. Um I ever um, I, I I heard in a long time. Um, I I'm a uh, I love pedals. I have uh, racks full yes, of them. Yes, you do. <clears throat> I have the pedals that are tube. They have actually tubes in them and all kind of stuff like that. Um, and but these are these are among like my prized possessions right now. So I'm gonna play. That is the. Um, just gonna turn the background music. That's the blues breaker. Okay. That's the clean sound of the amplifier. Uh-huh. Nice. Mm-hmm. How about we do um <laughs> I can't play. Nice. So it lives up to its name, oh, Blues Breaker. Yeah, it it that's that's beautiful. It doesn't get real distorted. Now, of course, with right. a humbucker, there's a humbucker and a bridge on this <clears> guitar. <throat> okay. Cool, right? Yes. Um, so that does that really, really well. Now, um, the the go- the governor. Here's my clean sound. Here's. That's the mark of a good pedal, the good distortion right there when you can go. 
and the notes are completely right, right. clear. They don't grind yeah, against yeah, each other. Yeah. You know, it's oh, just a Marshall. really well. <laughs> so, um, this is a little thick, thicker and fatter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But what you can do is this. Ooh. You can put them on together. Or both, yes. that yeah the little warble it's really um that's super fun excuse the bad playing um they sound they sound good they marshall you did a good job so just really excited um to to have these pedals in my life so (laughs) so when i hear about cases like this where they reissue pedals i wonder how that affects the original pedals asking price well you go went down of course oh, hell yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah they're like it's they were like seven eight hundred dollars yeah now they're like three and four hundred yeah yeah you know what i mean they absolutely- yeah, i'd be that guy that bought it and the very next day marshall's like hey guess what <laughs> well they say that's a lot of reasons why gibson won't do a gibson overseas they'll do they do epiphone but they right. won't do a gibson overseas because they feel like it would be a betrayal yeah. of all the people that spent gazillions of dollars on for Gibsons. Ameri- for a yeah. united states made ones yeah, yeah and so. you know so um um, uh, and and it, the other thing that's really rare is usually like the, when they reissue stuff, you know, you hear a lot of people say, "Well, it's not really as good" or whatever. All, all the reviews and everything online are like pretty, like yeah. po- are all positive. Very and cool. um, I'm this is a positive review right here. I mean, it's really yeah, it sounds great. They, they sound they sound really good. And like that's just the settings I had on them. I mean, you, they'll do they'll make different noises, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, if you want, you know, depending on how you set them up. And they work well so far. This is I'm playing a Stratocaster. <clears throat> that's another thing. I'm, yeah. <clears throat> I play uh, Les Paul in Paul Reed Smith type guitars 90% of the time but because we're going to be talking about Eric Clapton sure I whipped out the old Stratocaster over too yeah exactly mm-hmm. um, so yeah I'm um, yeah, I'm pretty uh, pretty stoked with that I'm going to take take it to take these put them on my pedal board and take them to rehearsal tomorrow nice. night <clears throat> the other thing I should mention too is like yes I'm playing with Felon and we're writing and we're getting ready to record and re- good stuff heavy rock nice like very good good like heavy rock i mean i think i think we kind of are like um and what are we in sort of in the vein if we're in the sort of vein like you you two uh <laughs> motorhead meets ufo kind of oh all right that kind sure, of you know sure. what i mean just you know not it's just south we're not really metal mm-hmm. you know we're kind of south of metal playing playing in a genre maybe like proto metal you know okay. that's kind of like you know i would put bands like i'll put maybe 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 even cream you can maybe put in that sure. but you definitely oh, put yeah, like black okay. sabbath yeah. um deep purple motorhead bands like that in that sort of proto metal super heavy but maybe not quite maybe not quite metal but anyway right. so we're right. doing heavy stuff with good vocal good solid song we even have a couple ballads like it's, it's okay. cool stuff <clears throat> so um I'm doing that, and then I um, got in contact with some guys that I was sort of jamming with uh, um, back in, I think, 2021, early 2021, Mm -hmm. and it didn't work out, and and then I found out they needed, they ended up doing something, and anyways, they started, after a year later, they started playing again with another guitar player, didn't call me, I don't know why, I didn't get the, maybe somebody they knew, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 sure, sure. Um, So, but... uh, I just reached out to Bill, the singer, and I'm like, I'm just letting you know, dude, like, I really liked what we were doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, 
you know, I'd like to, you know, I'm totally interested. Still sure. love playing with yeah, you guys. Yeah. You know, they were they were so laid guys. Everybody's like around my age, mm-hmm. super laid back. There's like no egos. We're just like we just whatever play, <clears throat> and everybody was good. Like everybody was okay, solid. Cool, Nobody yeah. was like a yeah. you know. Um, so mm. I so I so I really like those guys. Um, so I just reached out to me, and um, you know, he told me he would let me know, and then finally he said to me, "Our guy has to quit." Mm-hmm. And we have some gigs coming up. Do, oh, do you okay. want to? Do you want to? You know, come and jam Sit and see how it goes. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. So I'm gonna get together with them not tomorrow, but a week from tomorrow. All right, and cool. So I've been working on their songs, and um, they have some fun ones, man. Some they've, they've got some old stance. Some of the sets like gonna be cakewalk because the stuff that I played in bands sure. like many many times. Yeah. But there are some songs I never played in a band before, oh. um, and um, one of them is um this little ditty yes I am. you know what do it again oh my god what it Oh, yeah, Billy. Okay, there it is. Yes, yes, Billy Eilish. Yes. <laughs> um, Rebel Yell. Yeah. The thing is that I learned, found out today, so like, then there's no, um, if you can't figure out, and, and I did this, I'm doing this with almost all the songs, just to see if I could pick up on maybe chords i was voicing wrong mm-hmm, or whatever mm-hmm. you know so i do look up the lessons that people teach oh, okay. and there's a dude man that does he replay he redoes this song and it's great it's a great video for guitar players because it's like it's just his guitar mm-hmm. okay he and he fucking nails it nails the solo he has yeah. to get the ray gun out and does the yeah. whole thing yeah. all right yeah. it's really well filmed and the tab runs along underneath it the oh, whole time wow fucking awesome i That's like great. i was like that Thank you, dude. I love your channel. Um, wow. But what what he's doing now? I think they probably double tracked it. Okay. But what this guy is doing while he's going, he's going. Wow! It's yeah. the same time. Wow. I, uh, uh, yeah, I'm really so gonna have to hard. work that out. Yeah. Because the tendency is to get the pick to. Yeah, you don't want right. to do that. It's got. It's, why you go? You know, yeah. So that, it'll be a challenge, but that's now. I think they probably in the studio probably double tracked it. Probably. I don't know. I would want. I'll go back and watch Steve Stevens do it. Let's see what. But he's a monster. Steve be. Stevens is a fucking oh, yeah, monster. Yeah. And the guitar work on this song is so neat. It is really unlike. I wasn't even. I'm getting the gist there. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- th- some of the little things that he does, the Steve, Steve, you go like, wow, Steve Stevens is it. Uh, uh, excuse me, has earned the reputation of being such a great fucking guitar player. Like, mm-hmm, when you see mm-hmm. all the little things, like this, he does unexpected things that accent the music exactly yeah, right yeah. that you wouldn't normally think of like a rock guitar player doing, but he's still rock, and it still really rocks. Mm-hmm, it's not like, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, but I that, that lick, let's see if I can do it. I don't have it. That's it. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. Yep. That's in the yep. breakdown. Yep. Yep. That that's wow. a that's a fucking great rip. But like all these little things, and then mm-hmm. like he, then he does that once, and then he connects that with these little things that are just yeah. they're, they're yeah. there, and they accent things exactly yeah. right. I know. But you know it's it's <laughs> you know and, it, and you know, that was a big pop hit. Mm-hmm. too but it's got killer guitar the oh, guitar yeah. solo on it is banging too yes. and also um mm. uh you see when you get to see sometimes too like as a guitar player i growing up i would do this maybe you did this too you would kind of over compliment complicate things in your mind right. about about right. this or that because that's got to be really and then you look and you watch somebody play it or somebody teaches you're like, you and you're oh like, that's it oh okay that's easy to do. yeah okay. oh yeah that, I, can, right. I can make that happen yeah yeah, yeah it, it's um so this i'm getting a lot of those moments with these songs we're doing some fun ones like uh remember this yeah yeah Hey, Jealousy. Like, I mean, mm-hmm, I played out mm-hmm. a bunch of bands, you know. We're doing Summer of 69. Yeah, there you go. You know, we're, we're playing playing some fun. We're playing that song, but you remember a song by Candlebox, Far Behind? Yes, yes. Yeah. See, I can play, guys, when I just calm down. Simmer down now and play the guitar. So follow me on Facebook for a lot of cool guitar stuff. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, so I'm like, I'm having fun. like, And I love learning this thing. And I realized, like, some of these songs I taught. Like, that song I taught. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things, like, I loved about learning cover songs is, like, you get tired of your own bullshit. Right. So when you go and you pick up, like, you see a Steve Stevens thing, or even yeah. that, that yeah. little part is really neat. Yeah. I remember teaching that to kids. Um, it came back to me pretty quick. I was like, man, that's really neat, like, how they put that together. It's, just mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. it's a basic chords, but they, they do something cool with it. Yeah. In any yeah. case, um, so I'm, like, having a lot of fun uh, with that. A couple of movies. Um, one I will recommend with a question mark. And you, oh. you watch it and decide... What you think? What you think? It's yes. a la- it's a relatively new movie. It came out this past year. It's called Simulant. Simulant. Okay. And um, and the uh, um the, the Sam Worthington is in it. And in the future, you know, I mean, you know, it's so funny. Like when something ca- starts happening, like in culture, uh-huh. right? Like. Hollywood tries to capitalize yes, on it. Yes, you know what yes. I mean? And so, you know, right now, AI is this big thing, right? Yes. So, and Simulant is about, like, the the part, AI has evolved to the point where we actually have simulated humans running around. Wow, okay. And, and you can purchase a Simulant. It costs millions of dollars. You've got sure. rich people do it. Yeah. <clears throat> and, um... But the simulants have to have laws. They they have they're programmed, okay. Okay. And they can only they're only they have to they're at the utter um, um, submission to their master. So if their uh-huh. master tells them to shut down, they have to shut down. They can't like right. you know, and they're not allowed to harm humans. Sure. They're not allowed to replicate each other. They okay. have like there's like four precepts, and it goes over and over in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like they go to these places, and you hear these precepts being like in the background, people saying you know like right. on the, in, the, in the announcements. I don't know how to explain it. It's pretty cool the way they do it in the movie. Um, uh, I I wasn't sure. They, 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 it touched on some cool ideas that I would wish they would have explored more but i think that they were this was a movie that was torn between being really like a um high concept sci-fi mm-hmm. and being trying to be a 
good Hollywood movie too. Okay. And it kind of it kind of failed at both. Yeah. It's not bad though. I mean, you may watch it and you go like, no, I, I was entertained. It's an hour and thirty five minutes. It's not okay. long, you know. Yeah. Um, and I and I was like entertained for the whole time. I mean, like let's just talk about that. Um, but um, it was. Um, I, I was, I just, I, it was it kind of, left me kind of going like, ah, you kind of missed some opportunities with this. Right, um, right. And the other sort of criticism I have with it is, and maybe this is just me, but Sam Worthington is, is a British actor. Mm-hmm. And he's, but he's, and I couldn't understand what he was, what he was doing with his accent. Oh. It sounded like he was trying to do like a Brooklyn accent or something. Okay. And it wasn't bad or anything like that, but it was just like, mm. why didn't you just use your British voice? Yeah. There's no reason to like, not use just your it, it was distracting that the fact that he wasn't using his British I, you know I, that's yeah. me I, I can't really fault the movie for that yes. Sam you Worthington's know, a great actor um, you know Lou I, I once played a Russian submarine captain yet I stayed with my Scottish accent so if he can do it well, yeah, well, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I, yeah. It, right. If it would have been you, something like like that, that was maybe historically right. important or something yes. like that, I could see where yes. you might do that. But um, Sean Connery, he has an amazing voice. Lou, where I'm going, you cannot follow. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Let's give this American a wide berth. <laughs> um, All right, best. So, and then Let's finally, right I here. watched an old movie called Switchback. Uh, from the from the late nineties with uh-huh. um, oh you're and I've been excited to tell you about this dude yes okay so it's billed the top stars are billed as Dennis Quaid and Danny Glover okay okay there is a very young uh-huh. like totally wet behind the ears Jared Leto in it he's really really, really young it has to be a real early movie for him because wow. it's from the nineties and. Are one of me and Pittsburgh's most favorite actors. Yes, and he has. He should have been billed as the actual co-star. He has more screen time, I think, than maybe even Danny Glover. But it's close. Okay, Arlie Ermy. No, and he's way. really good, Kevin. He plays. He plays against type. He uh-huh. doesn't play like a loud mouth. Right, right, right. Kind of guy. He's a. He's a. He's a small town sheriff who's like trying to get reelected in this younger. You know, hipper kind of guy is uh-huh. who's he's kind of beating him in the polls, and he's like, you know, he's like kind of feels a little bit like a dinosaur, right? right. But he's like a good dude, and he wants to do the right thing, and he uh-huh. kind of gets himself in a little bit of trouble because he's trying to do right. shit the right way and yeah. help Dennis Quaid. Um, oh wow! It is. Um, I it was one of those movies that came up on a list of um, you know movies you may have missed or people don't mm-hmm. talk about or maybe mm-hmm. should. It's pretty good. There's a couple logical inconsistencies in a few places. You know what I mean? You got to understand. We have YouTube now. We're all we've all become movie critics because oh, yeah. you can watch YouTube and you, you can pick them apart. Learn, you could learn how how these guys yeah. these people pick them apart. Um, which, but in the '90s, you would have just this. You would have just enjoyed the movie. But it's yeah. very. It's totally solid. Totally fucking solid. I I, I recommend okay. if you're looking for going, you're going like, man, I don't know what to watch. You know, and Hollywood's on strike or whatever. There's some old ones. I'll Just try to help back. you guys. Yeah, go yeah. back and check. So I'll, I'll try to give you guys some recommendations <clears throat> awesome. as we go. But let's get into Mr. Um, Mr. Aaron Clapner, Eric Clapton. <laughs> um, Eric the Clap Clapton. Oh, um, was that really his nickname? That was really. That was what they called him. Wow. Yeah. Then somebody said that's not gonna work, so I call you Slow Hand. Unfortunate. 
So nickname, but okay. I'm glad they went with slow hand. All right. Well, I know that I have talked about this on the podcast. Mm-hmm. My Eric Clapton issue. Okay. Um, <laughs> sure. Funny. Um, Tell but us how I, you I and I remember, and I still empathize with my younger self over this. I'm yes. not. Um, you know, I don't. You know, sit and beat myself up over um, over this attitude that I had. But when I was young, when I first started getting into music, you got to understand. I, I I thought Eric Clapton was just like lame, and I'm gonna explain to you why. Okay. Um, because he had songs on the radio like "Rock and Roll Heart," mm-hmm. "Tulsa Time," mm-hmm. like these really light seventies. Mm-hmm. Yeah fair kind of you know um songs with like a little bit of you know a couple little guitar licks here right, and there that right. were just like okay to me you know i had to me the guy that i was into i see the problem was i heard eddie van halen right before i heard eric Clapton. Yep. yep i didn't knew i knew nothing about cream mm-hmm. i knew nothing about john mayall's <clears throat> blues breakers right uh or blind faith or anything like that i didn't know anything about any of that um you know to me like eric's music just sounded really kind of like you know i mean like i think my parents like they weren't into pop music at all but like if that came on like yeah they'd be okay they'd they'd be okay with it you know what i mean so to me it was like my dad's music almost and i just was like you know and then i found out later on that he was in a 60s band called the Yardbirds. and again that's real to me that was oldies music you know um but i didn't know anything really other than that to me Mm -hmm. he was this kind of you know i didn't know anything i just knew this like light fair he was putting out um he had he did cocaine the cocaine but he did Uh, the song cocaine cocaine, um which was like kind of a kind of a cool song and there's a guitar solo on it i really like and i thought man i love eric clapton and then i found that it's not played by eric clapton (laughs) it's played by albert lee yeah albert lee not albert lee yeah Yeah. albert lee um and um (laughs) so um i just ate so so i didn't i know i was young and so to me and also then 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 the whole you know thing happened with all the shred guitar players and i was Mm -hmm. into guys like um um uh vivian campbell yes uh you know you know uh randy rhodes Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. guys like that like i said Uh, so um it wasn't until a lot later on that eric clapton started return to rock music in the in the mid to late 80s yeah and then i stood up and took notice i'm like like, oh oh, so he can rock out yes and then i so so then i then i started a journey into going back a bit and even then i still was like "Eh, he's okay he's okay like you know to me you know i have to say that um jeff beck Mm-hmm. music excited me more jimmy page's music excited me okay. more jimmy hendrix's music excited me a lot more um and clapton was always kind of in my world was kind of like the odd man out mm-hmm. and i think a lot of it has to do with the music that i associated him with if had i been a teenager in the late 60s you know it'd been right. a completely it been a different thing different, yeah. it would have been a whole yeah. different thing you know so um it's not, not so and i and i, I knew that too 
Like mm-hmm. I always knew that. Um, but um, I started thinking about Eric Clapton and kind of revisiting his music um, in the past few months and started to realize what an amazing career this guy had. Um, he has explored so many genres Mm -hmm. he's he you know you know he has um he had had has addiction issues and this is very common with people with addiction issues to kind of like want to be like looking for the new thing right and that's art and art this is why so many artists have addiction issues they don't want to repeat themselves they don't want to just you know what i mean and um i I, you know so so i mean he's been all over the place so i have uh, what I call the ten faces of Eric Clapton. Okay, and um, we're gonna we're gonna run down them here. This is gonna be very whirlwind. If you if you stumbled upon this because you're a giant Eric Clapton fan, first of all, the first hour of the podcast probably bored you to tears. Um, <laughs> That's how we do. Um, but this, the, uh, listen, I, yeah, I'm sure there's so many people out there that are so much bigger Eric Clapton. Um, you know, experts that I uh-huh. am. I'm by no means an Eric right. Clapton expert, but he was a current pop star as I was growing up. Number one, yeah. and um, num- number two, um, um, the 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 fo- what I the focus I want to have today is on this sort of like desire to do more, to try to mm-hmm. reach out to do, yeah. you know, to, to to explore new genres and new playing situations, etc. Um, and not so much getting into the nitty gritty of every like lick. Right, you know he ever played. So um, I want to talk. We're going to start to be. We're going to start with um, because this is where I chose to start. This was his first <laughs> big gig, and that was playing with a band called um, the Yardbirds. Um, and this is the Yardbirds did songs um, like this one right here. Okay, for your love. This was the breakout single. Eric plays guitar on this song. Mm-hmm. The day the song came out, though, he quit the band. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's he quit the do. band. The day the day the song came. The day the song came out, and he quit the band. Oh, Eric. Bye, bye, Eric Clapton. Bye. <laughs> um, so um, he just was like. At that time, he was, you know, and we go through this as young musicians a lot of times. Like, you know, you get some skills. Mm -hmm. People are responding to what you're doing. And you start to feel like, you know, man, Mm. like, I, I, you know, I got to be an artist. I need to express myself. Uh And like, um, and I went through this as a young, as a young musician as well, where um, there were gigs that like. I kind of oh, is there is Jeff Beck plays Jeff Beck on this Bear, as well, yeah. yeah. Um, where like I wasn't having none of this bullshit. I want right. to play music that I felt like exactly. you know was meant for. This stuff was you know crap, <clears throat> and that's kind of was and that was kind of Eric's uh, feelings at the time. In mm-hmm. October '63, uh, Clapton joined the Yardbirds, and. Um, they were considered. It's funny if you're listening to this now in the background. Um, it's considered they consider themselves a rhythm and blues band, <laughs> but there's nothing really rhythm and blues to my ears. But they were considered R and B. They're you know the synthesizing influences of Chicago blues, <coughs> the music of Buddy Guy, Freddie King, and BB King. Clapton forged a distinctive style. So 
Um, and so he became a um, he was becoming a like a talked about guitarist in uh, in the in the British music scene. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and um, th- th- so so there was some. You know the attitude that I just said. This sort of like I ain't right. got time for this Start shit. Like I'm like your you own know, press. Yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah to, to a degree. Now, it's one thing when you're like just a punk like I was and believe my own press. <laughs> right. But it's another thing when you're Eric fucking Clapton, right? And you believe your own press because Eric Clapton brings the goods. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, um. He, this um so he wanted to be um taken seriously as a guitar player i think mm-hmm. and did not want to be doing playing this like silly pop stuff right. he was he was excited about the yardbirds in the beginning because they were playing like more blues influence mm-hmm. type stuff but they um worked with graham goldman who wrote hit songs for a herman's hermits and the hollies um he, oh, oh, by the way, Graham is a member of uh, was a member of Ten CC. By the way, oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. you know, this was like not <clears> that he was not Clapton was devoted to the blues and stuff like that. And this was just not his scene. So um, that is his brief history yeah. <laughs> as a what I call pop band lead uh-huh. guitarist. <laughs> nice. Okay, so this is how he breaks in. He breaks in as a you know lead guitarist for um, a pop band, mm-hmm. just like you know you think about. Um, Andy Summers, lead guitarist for the Police, Just right? Lead guitarist for a pop band, could yep. be same thing. Okay, yes. now we move on to and, and the next face of Eric Clapton. This is when he becomes known, and, and really, this is an exciting thing. Yes. Uh, he becomes a, a blues sideman, mm. um, playing with John Mayall. Uh, so he quits the Yardbirds in March. Of '65 and joins the Blues Breakers in 1965 in April. Okay. Um, he doesn't stay real long, but he does put out a um, a seminal album with them, mm-hmm. and everybody calls it the Beano album right. it's because Eric Clapton is reading a Beano comic book. Yeah. On the cover. Um. <laughs> so. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff here. Um, during uh, so, so, he works with the Blues Brothers. He gained a reputation as the best blues guitarist in the club circuit, um, and um, the album wasn't actually released though. Um, it's they, John Mayall called it the uh, Blues uh, Blues Brothers, the Blues Breakers. John <laughs> John Mayall Blues Breakers yes. with Eric Clapton, uh, but it was not released until he left. Oh wow! The the band. So he yeah. is. So he gained this kind of reputation of like kind of jumping in, you <laughs> yeah. know, flying in, doing my thing, and then flying back See out. Up, I... You know, kind of like Michael McDonald in the um, '80s, um, just flying oh, and my God. oh. Um, <laughs> so, um, I think that we should play you a, a snippet yes. of, of this thing. Right? This is from, this is a song called "Stepping Out," and. This is really, um, this is really great. This is really good. This is some amazing guitar playing. All right. And guitar tone. So. (laughs) 
people have been wow. searching for that. The rest, as they say, is history. People have yeah. been searching for that guitar tone for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. since the day that record came out, trying to figure out how he got that sound. What's really interesting is when the song starts, you can you you hear him playing, <clears throat> and then when the band kicks in, you can he turns the volume up on the guitar, mm. and you can hear it gets juiced. The tone gets a lot yep. juicier. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, this like. Blew, has blown people's mind. There's been so much written about his, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, his sound on this record. He had swapped out his Fender Telecaster and Vox AC30 for a 1960 uh, Gibson Les Paul Standard in a Marshall amplifier. Um, it was his Marshall combo amplifier that mm-hmm. later on became known as the Blues Breaker, right? Um, right. A- amplifier, um, and don't know. I, I'm just going to go by what I heard on Five Watt World. Uh-huh. About this, um, they did, if you don't know the Five Watt World, World YouTube channel, you should check, yeah, it, check out. it out. It's very well researched, appears to be, anyways. Uh, but on there, they did an episode on the the Beano album and Clapton's tone, mm-hmm. and essentially the the thing is, he's just plugged into the amp. Yeah. First of all, it just plugs straight into the amp. Everything on the amp is dimed, though. It's mm-hmm. all the way, all the way, up. all the way yes. up, and um, he controls the tone just solely with the guitar. Roll it, rolling the volumes on the guitar. From what I've heard, that that the the the, the tone is the uh, middle position middle position on the Les Paul which gives you both pickups mm-hmm. with the uh, bridge pickup volume all the way up and then the uh, neck pickup blended to taste oh okay yeah. okay just so it's not the quietly that so it's quite that quacky right, bridge right, pickup sound. Yeah. It's got a little bit of the neck mixed in mm-hmm, with it. A little and, smoothness. Yeah, smooth, yeah. You know, another guy that was famous for that and ironically played with John Mayhall like right after this mm-hmm. was Peter Green. Yes. Uh, so he was famous for doing the same thing. Um, but um, this, uh, he, so he leaves, so Clapton has a brief stint uh, again. And the next band he plays with lasts a little bit longer. I believe they last... <laughs> Two, three years, something like that, and that is the band Cream. Oh, yes. And so this is what I call so. The, so the next phase is very clapped, and the second phase is Blue Sideman. Now he's moved on. He's created this. There's a mystique before he even joined the Yardbirds. During his time in the Yardbirds, it, he blows up everybody. He becomes kind of really, you know, he gets all this press about what a great mm-hmm. guitar player is. Mm-hmm. Gets hired by John Mayall, where he really gets to like showcase what he can do as a blues guitarist. Yes. Okay. Now though, I'm bored. It's time to move on and he becomes the member he he joins the band uh, the band cream with yes. jack bruce and ginger baker this period i call the hard rock guitarist slash guitar god uh, yeah. era of eric clapton okay and um, this is the era of eric clapton that most people feel like is his glory mm-hmm. and has not really done anything <clears throat> as well since um and I, there are days when I completely agree with that. Clapton left the Blues Breakers in 66. He was replaced, as I said, by Peter Green and was inv- invited by drummer Ginger Baker to play in his newly formed band, Cream, mm. one of the earliest supergroups with Jack Bruce on bass. Uh, Bruce was previously of the Br- Blues Breakers. A lot of people came out of that. Um, uh, Mick Fleetwood and... Um, yeah. And... Um, John McVie mm-hmm. were, both, were both Blues Breakers I- I- as well. Wow. Um, so before the formation of Cream Clapton was not well known in the United States. He left the Yardbirds before For Your Love hit the top ten. 
So, but during his time in Cream Clapton, uh, he also began to develop uh, as a singer and a songwriter, as long as as well as a guitarist. Uh, while Bruce, um, uh, Jack Bruce, yeah, Jack, Bruce Jack, yeah. Jack Bruce took most of the lead vocals. Clapton does chime in. Uh, their first uh, gig was at the uno- uh, was an unofficial performance at the Twisted Wheel Club in Manchester. Mm, Manchester. Man- Manchester. <laughs> Evening, Governor. <laughs> Evening, Governor. <laughs> um, but they became known for being like really loud. You know, now Clapton's playing mm. through two Marshall stacks. Sure, as Jack you do. Jack Bruce is playing through two Marshall stacks. Yes, yes. So, and they were extensive jamming. Um, so they started to portray. So in '67, fans the emergency of the emerging blues rock sound in the UK had begun to portray Clapton as Britain's top guitarist. Hmm. However, he found himself rivaled by the emergency uh, the emergence yes. of somebody you might have heard of named Jimi Hendrix. Oh yes. Hendrix attended a performance of the newly formed Cream in central London, uh, the London Polytechnic in 66, during which he sat in on a double-timed version of Killing Floor. Okay, so this is a story. This is what happened. This is more of a Eric. This is more of a Jimi Hendrix story. But very quickly, Jimmy shows up with Chaz Chandler, who was in the Animals, who's who's now managing acts. He's mm-hmm. managing Hendrix. He he tells, <laughs> "Hey Eric, um, my friend oh, from America no. wants to play your guitar." Yeah. And Eric is like, no fucking way. <laughs> but he convinced them to play, and like Clapton was like blown away. Um, so um. This is the beginning of the end of Clapton's um, uh, work with Cream because once he hears what Hendrix, you know, does, mm-hmm. then he's like, "Why am I doing this? Hendrix right. is doing this? Right, I should be doing. Is, this. is doing this like a lot better than me? Yes. So um, let's let's take a quick listen. This is this this is probably their most classic riff, right? Yes. Hendrix would cover this song, by the way. Mm-hmm. He did cover it, um, Sunshine of Your Love. Uh, but this was the this is what happened really with quickly is that um, these guys were were kind of Clapton viewed it, I think, as kind of competition and that like he wasn't going to right. compete with Jimmy fucking Hendrix. He mm-hmm. knew better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he was like smart enough to know that. Also, that he, he, uh, Cream went from sixty-seven to sixty-nine, so two years okay, now as opposed okay. to getting being longer. one year getting a little yeah, longer. Yeah. And um, they had burned that. He felt like they had burned it out. This was the nineteen sixty. You know, people talk about how stuff is changing so quickly today, but music was rapidly evolving oh, yeah. during this period in the nineteen sixties. Thanks, mm-hmm. uh, thanks mainly to the, the to the Beatles. Mm-hmm. They they kicked this all off, but um, an album got released during Clapton's t- tenure with um, Cream called "Music from Big Pink" by the band, and Eric was like, you know, 
at this point, okay, um, I, at that minute, moment, he was like, I liked, I, I'm done with the big riffs. Right. And all, you know, being a guitar <clears throat> god mm-hmm, and hero mm-hmm. and all that. I just want to play really good music. Right. Um, so he leaves Cream and has a brief stint. Uh, some other stuff happens during this time. He ends up writing Badge with yeah. George Harrison yeah. um, and some stuff like that. Um, but he has a brief stint with another super group that has a more toned ba- down kind of sound mm-hmm. from um, uh, from Cream. And this is a band called Blind Faith. Mm-hmm. This is a good record. They did one record. Uh, Ginger Baker is in this as well. Uh, but this features Stevie Winwood and um, Gre- Joe, Joe, Joe Gretsch, Jeff Gretsch. Um, I can't remember the... Um, the bass player's name. But they did songs like this, Can't Find My Way Home. This is live, by the way. Yeah. Cool stuff. Um, Okay. So he is now, you know, music from Big Big Pink comes out. He Mm -hmm. gets kind of like, you know, like inspired. And he gets inspired. That's that's a good point way of putting it, uh, Mr. Pittsburgh. Thank you. He gets he gets inspired and um, goes and and enters a brief period that I call his low key side man. And this is his uh, Delaney and Bonnie. Delaney and Bonnie are really important for Eric Clapton because um, he. um, they, they they encouraged his songwriting. They really and they liked his voice, mm-hmm. and they really were like, "You should sing, you should sing." They really like kind of encouraged him to develop that. And this was much more in that sort of folky Americana right. type um, uh, sound, uh, sound. Let's see here, um, Delaney and Bonnie. Let's go ahead and play a little wee bit of this, so you guys can get a little sampling, a little sampling, a little sampling. Oh, Elijah. We've got Eric playing acoustic here. Mm. This becomes more important later on in his career. Okay. So he's just sitting there playing guitar along with these guys. Okay, so now we hear way more stripped down, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, singer songwritery kind of stuff. Uh, the Bramlets are backing up a group, all star cast of session players, including Leon Russell and Yo, Stephen Stills. All right, then. Um, so, uh, in between working with it, this is where he starts breaking into doing his own songs as well so he puts out a couple of his own records um so uh two uh, brief tour hiatuses uh, so he t- he releases eric clapton and uh delaney and Bramlett r- uh, co-wrote six of the songs with him so they're like mm. you know they're the big big influences at this mm-hmm, point mm-hmm. um and they have a hit with after midnight not the, the first time this is an interesting song one. for eric yeah. clapton um uh 
because he comes back with this later on in his career. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's just take a quick look, uh, quick listen um, to the original way that it was done from um, the the uh, his self-titled release okay by the way this is a jj kale song jj kale is another person that figures heavily in clapton's career hmm. Nothing like cream. No. And while it's rootsy, it really isn't the blues either. Exactly, yeah. It really isn't that either. So he's he's progressing once again. Thing. But in, incidentally, um, J.J. Kale also wrote the song Cocaine that Eric Clapton had. Been. Okay, he, all right. J.J. Uh, Kale's one of those guys that like you may not know J.J. Kale, but you find out his name is on a lot of songs you, yeah. know, you probably like. Yeah. Um, this leads him into what i call band really become becomes a band leader mm-hmm. and this is the this is what happens when he puts this thing together called uh Derek and the dominoes um the album that they they did one album called Layla um, and other assorted love songs. Mm-hmm. Layla's a track inspired uh, that it, it, Eric Clapton was inspired to write based on his, um, you know, obsession love with his best friend's yeah. wife. Yes. His best friend happened to be who? <laughs> George Harrison. George Harrison. Uh-huh. Patty Boyd was her name. Um, so, so again, so he's like he's uncomfortable with being the star again. He started because he puts out a couple solo records. And I was the star again, so um, he decides, oh, okay, well, we're going to do an album where, like, I'm just going to be like a band leader, and this mm-hmm. is a band. It's actually a band, and you know, Derek, which is very close to Eric. Oh. Get it? Okay. Um. So, um, the they composed uh, so uh, Delaney. And, and Bonnie's former rhythm section, Bobby mm-hmm. Whitlock on the keyboards, okay. uh, Carl uh, Rattle on the ba- uh, on the bass, and drummer Jim Gordon. Uh, Cap- Clapton's playing guitar. It was intentioned to show that uh, he uh, need not fill a starring role, function uh, well as a member of an ensemble. During this period, Clapton was increasingly influenced by the band and their 68 album, Music from mm-hmm. Big Pink. Um uh, the band was originally called Eric Clapton and Friends. The eventual name uh, was a fluke that occurred when the band's provincial name of Dell and the, and the Dynamos was misread as Derek and the Dominoes. <laughs> Eric's biography states that uh, Tony Ashton of Ashton, Gardner, and Dyke told Clapton to call the band Dell and the Dominoes since Dell was uh, his nickname for Eric, and Dell and Eric were combined to come oh, up with Derek right, and the Dominoes. You, go, you get it? Dominoes. Okay. Yes, yes. Uh, Clapton's close friendship with George Harrison brought him into contact with uh, Patty Boyd, Harrison's sure, wife. Yes. And so that's where the song uh, Layla comes in. Um, uh, this uh, this is an album that we have to mention as well that this features another <laughs> very iconic guitar player on this album. Oh. Dwayne Allman yes. is on this uh, album as well. And when you listen to the outro solo to Layla, you hear Eric and, and Dwayne um, exchanging mm-hmm. uh, licks, you know, playing off of each other very, very well. And Eric really wanted Dwayne to like join up like you yeah, gotta be in my yeah. band and i just he just you know it was family you know him and his brother had a band like they just 
weren't going to go. He just he's like Eric Clapton's a big star, but you know my brother. I can't leave my brother. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean? you know so so that so that absolutely um, did not work out. <laughs> no, as no. a thing. But they did make this amazing record. They put out this. They That's put out this really great cool. record. It's completely. Um, it is, it, it's <clears throat> iconic. Um, so so um, the next thing I call now we're moving into his seventies uh, pop yes. star era. Yes, and um, <clears throat> he had some. He was a pop artist at this time. He took uh, Delaney and Bonnie's advice and mm-hmm. worked on his singing and songwriting. And his song, his singing, I that was the one thing I always did love about Eric Clapton. Now, let me say when I said what I was saying about Eric Clapton, it's not that I didn't like his music, it's that I just didn't jibe with him as some great guitar hero. Yeah, right, you know, right. Because it's all like kind of poppy stuff that yeah, you're hearing exactly. on the radio. So I'm listening to things like Bell Bottom Blues. Right. Okay, cool song, but... Yeah. Sure. Uh, you know, I'm listening to let's see what 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 after midnight mm-hmm. blues power yeah let it rain great songs yeah uh, I shot the sheriff I, remember I shot that. the sheriff might have been my first exposure to Eric Clapton that might have been the that first one been mine that I heard you know it was 1974 yeah, yeah. Willie and the Hand Jive uh, knock he did a version of not who didn't do knocking on heaven's door yeah. right um, lay down Sally sure I remember that one um, this, this this song I will never ever play I don't care if I'm paid a million dollars wonderful tonight yeah I no I, I don't, had to play I'm that so many bands nope <sighs> you know uh, and then there's some uh, you know these decades aren't you know hard no, you know immediately mm-hmm. changed in, in 1980 but i consider tulsa time to be kind of part part of that uh, i can't stand it rock mm-hmm. and roll hard i kind of consider they're still doing that basic same kind of sound mm-hmm. then we move to this was now this is where uh here we can click one of these let's let's give I, i'm talking and i'm giving people a quick taste i promise i'll give you a quick mm-hmm. taste of something nice here. little taste want a little taste of, how about this there's I Shot the Sheriff. Yes. Um, this is a Bob Marley song. By yeah, way. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's funky. It's yeah. cool. It's Bob fucking Marley. It's awesome. But in my mind, I'm going like, okay, this is cool. But it's, I don't mm-hmm. hear like... You know, guitar god. Exactly. That, yeah, you yeah. Know, it just yeah. That's say what confused that me. me. I think I'm I'm in the same boat. Yeah, as I was you. just like, I, okay, he's great, but I'm not really hearing what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, oh, and then, and then and what then, happened? And then, and then, uh huh, and then, no more. And then he puts out <laughs> an album. Yes. Oh, he puts out this series of records. Um. Nothing Like the Sun, mm-hmm. August, and The Journeyman. Okay. And these records start coming out in about 1985. Mm-hmm. And there was a video to... No, I don't want this one. I want to do this like Bad. No, I want to... No, no, no. Oh, no, come on. I'm get the right wong, one there. I want to Wong Wei. Wong Wei. Wong Wei. Oh, my lordy. Wong Wei. Oh, my lordy. This came out. Phil Collins on drums. Mm-hmm. How many times must I tell you? 
here. No, 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 no. That's fucking sweet. That Listen is. to that lick again. Let's hear that. That's fucking bad. Yes. Just fucking sick. It is. Strangling that note. Oh, yeah. That's just sick. And I, then I was like, oh, like, hello. oh, oh, Eric Clapton hello. can't play some rock and roll. Yes. I did not. I did not know that. I, that's wild, wacky Ed, stuff. I didn't know that. I did not know that. <laughs> um, and, of, and then the, the song that came out. On uh, on this record, the journeyman. This is mm-hmm. this is such a this is such a great riff. It starts out with this kind of ethereal keyboard thing mm-hmm. in the beginning. Na- this is, I believe, Phil Collins and Nathan Easter in the video. Okay. He grows his hair long for these records yeah. and everything. This riff is just awesome. Kicks there you ass. go. There you go. Um, I insisted. Even I insisted. I remember being in a band. I insisted that we play that song. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool song. Um, and um, around this time, this is when Fender mm-hmm. thought. Wait a minute, Eric Clapton plays Stratocasters. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Maybe be a good idea if maybe we talk to him about maybe. Yes. Making us making his own signature, signature Stratocaster. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, and, and now, you know, as we've gone through these, Clapton's been played Les Pauls, mm-hmm. 335, Telecasters, sure. all kinds of all kinds of things. Uh, but in 1985, Dan Smith approached Clapton to discuss a plan to create a signature guitar built to his own specifications. Clapton asked Fender to make a guitar with a distinctive V-shaped neck as on his Martin acoustic, as well as a compressed pickup sound. Based on Clapton's uh, brief, uh, Fender made two early prototypes, one with a neck based on the measurements taken from Blackie and one with slightly V-shaped neck, which Clapton ultimately deemed preferable. Um, And this was also something Fender, uh, without getting too technical, this was the introduction of the uh, MDX uh, mid-boost circuit, which ended up on a lot of guitars and I believe was also on the the first Jeff Beck uh, Stratocaster as oh. well, and this was the introduce the introduction of Fender's gold uh, lace sensor pickups, which um, would provide a really good approximation of a straight up single coil uh, Stratocaster tone without the hum. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Hum. Yes, um, yes. They have a distinctive sound, and in retrospect, when you play them along vintage guitars, they don't really cop that sound exactly, but they're mm-hmm. still totally fine. And there's a lot of guys yeah. who use them, and it sound great. Um, uh, real quick, I'm going to say. Uh, only thing I'm going to say about this guitar is I was I was like kind of excited. It, it came into the music store where I was teaching guitar lessons, mm-hmm. and um, so the, you know Timmy and um, no no was no 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 not no, Timmy no, no. Um, uh, Kevin 
Not to, I'm okay, right now, here. Kevin, Kevin, and Mike okay. were like, Did "You want? Why don't you check this out? I think this is totally you. You should, you know." Uh-huh. So I picked it up and I put my hands on it, and I was like, "Ooh, I cannot no play lie, this guitar. Huh? It's that V-shaped yeah, neck. It weird. hurts my hand. Yeah. The V pokes right into the joint right there on the thumb. Yeah, and it's like agony. Oh wow! I can't play it. Wow! I absolutely now. If you watch Clapton. How he plays, he usually plays with the thumb over the neck. And a lot of guys that play Fender guitars because they have their radi- more radius mm-hmm. fretboard, yeah, yeah. will play with the thumb oh, over. Yeah. The, will play with the thumb over the neck. In fact, that is one of the things that Leo designed the Telecaster and the Fender necks. Actually, to, he built that in there because players would play with with, with the thumb playing the playing the low strings. Huh. It makes it make facilitates that yeah. much 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 easier. Oh, um, yeah. Clapton plays with that's his more of his general <clears throat> hand position is like that. So it makes sense for a player like Clapton, okay. yeah. not a player like Ludini. Um, no. Oh. But um, interesting. So he goes through this period, and, and it's killer, right? He does this yes. awesome thing, and then something. Then he has a tragedy in his life. Mm. In nineteen, I believe it's nineteen ninety one. Um, his uh, son, uh, Lori Del Santo, died after falling from the fifty third mm. story from a New York City apartment building. Um, just as like. I mean, it's horrifying. Happened absolutely horrifying thing, and um, and um, so Eric goes on a kind of he goes into kind of seclusion for a while, sure, but ends up writing one of the biggest hits Mm. of his career, and this in this this ushers in another face of Eric Clapton. Yeah. Now, we think we're at face number... Okay, we're moving up. We're, in, we're coming to face number eight, so we're, we're nearing the closing stretch here. Um, and this is the acoustic balladeer stage mm-hmm. yes. where yes. he does these kind of things. Um, and I could probably put another thing in here what i won't do is he revisits his 70s success by becoming a 90s pop star mm-hmm. with songs like tears in heaven right uh if i could change the world uh-huh. he has big there he's a pop artist all over again all over again all over again so he has this like amazing career starts in the 60s in a pop band goes through all these <laughs> changes big pop star in the 70s 80s reinvents himself again 90s mtv comes out he has these big rock hits and then unplugged mtv starts their unplugged thing mm-hmm. okay and i believe that the acoustic version from unplugged might have been even been the bigger hit of for tears in heaven yeah, I think you're Beautiful right. Beautiful guitar yeah. work. I think that he really demonstrates here like that beautiful um, uh, James Taylor kind of st- picking style that yeah, yeah James yep. like James was like but he's an underrated guitar player too Very like he so, can yeah. accompany himself like so well mm-hmm, on acoustic guitar mm-hmm. um, so you know so it's, and then and this thing goes right Kevin oh like, yeah this thing fucking exploded you I couldn't remember. get away from it yeah. they they did in my opinion one of the there was one of the worst things ever is the acoustic version of Layla but that's my opinion yeah, a lot of people love that yeah. a lot of people don't even know didn't even know 
that there was an a electric, rock, an yeah. electric rock version of it. <laughs> huh? They just assumed they wrote for that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and of course, he doesn't want to rest on his laurels. He finally does what people have been asking him to do and begging, crying for him to do for Please. decades. Please. Because um, he starts out playing the blues and he is a wonderful blues guitar player. Mm-hmm. He's very good as a blues guitarist. And he would always, on every record, there was always a blues thing or two. Right. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. You know, but people were like, Eric, do a fucking blues record. Do a do a goddamn blues record. Yeah. Why don't you do a blues record? So finally, uh, he releases an album called From the Cradle, oh. which is all blues. And everybody's yep. like, yeah, finally. Thank you, Eric Clapton. Right. We, we love you now. Well, that, is well, that wasn't effect. not exactly. How about that? <laughs> well, not no. But anyways, oh, how about this? No, that's still wrong. No, these Anyways, sound effects. Uh, oh. yeah, we need sound effects. We, we need a new sound effects yeah. person. But um, so so, and and this was really celebrated. People were really excited, and it he did not disappoint. Yeah. This is an excellent blues record from a guy who should have been making records like this for a long. Duh. It would have been cool if he could have, you know, every time he put out a pop album, put mm-hmm. out a blues album. John Mayer later on did that that's what john yeah. mayer did um but let's just take a quick listen to at the time too also a, a collection came out um uh called eric clapton blues where they took the blues songs from his albums and they put oh, them on put one them album together. too yeah, yeah but um tore down was um got was all over the radio whoops Okay, mm. um, I think it's great. I think the whole album is great. I love the production too. Mm-hmm. It has a raw kind of production. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a doesn't have like a pop production, right? You know what I mean? The, right. The, the, the it's drum, like you're there and, they just, and yeah, they're it has just a kind jamming. of in the room yeah, jamming exactly. kind of sound. Um, and um, yeah, so so yeah, it's, it's, it's just funny because people were like. Eric, fuck just and we'll be interviewed and people be like you know, people keep asking you're gonna, you're do, gonna a do a blues album. Well, you know, la, 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 la. Yeah. um so um so and then we enter the twenty first century. And this is an interesting time in an artist's career. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some guy, you know, Santana did a good job of finding a way to right. reinvent himself. Yes. Okay. And he did that for a period, but we all, but they all eventually settle into the Stones are, are this now. Right. They become heritage artists where yes. they might be putting out records, but when they play live, people mm-hmm. mainly want to hear. want to hear your old hits. They want to hear the hits. Yeah. And especially a career like Clapton's who has hits like mm-hmm. in every fucking decade. Yeah. Right? You know, going back like you know four decades. Yeah, it's like you know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I, no, I'm saying. Um, I didn't silence my phone. I apologize. Um, I thought you was doing that with your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I got a purdy mouth. You sure do. It makes funny uh, noises. So, so, and he is putting out records. He does a tribute to Robert Johnson that is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Again, but you know that's a record. W Y E P is going to play. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that isn't yeah. going to be you know. And at this point, too, the scene has changed. MTV is no longer MTV. Mm-hmm. VH1 starts to become more of like about documentaries and things. You know, it all starts to change if the internet starts to happen. So, you know, Eric, um, it, you know, does a lot of things by helping other artists, by getting right. involved in charities. Yeah. Um, 
uh, uh, guitar auctions, but I yes. think the his biggest contribution to the 21st century is the Crossroads Guitar Festival. Oh, yes. And um, they've they put out a DVD every yeah, year, or, it, excuse yeah, me, DVD, um, and um, is a series of music uh, festivals benefit concerts founded by Eric Clapton, festivals benefit the Crossroads Center, founded by Clapton, uh, a drug treatment center. Uh, the concerts showcase a variety of guitarists selected by Eric Clapton personally. Mm. So, um, technically, it starts in '99, but it's you know it goes through. But you have you have artists like David Sanborn, Cheryl Crow, Bob Dylan, Mary J. Mm-hmm. Blige. Okay, moving forward though, you get Johnny A, mm. uh, Joe Bonamassa, yes. Doyle Bromwell II, Larry Carlton, Robert yeah. Cray, yeah. uh, Bo Diddley. Vince Gill, Buddy Guy, BB King, wow. so it becomes like a who's on. who oh, of God, like yeah. the greatest guitarists yeah. ever. Yeah. Joe Walsh, uh, Hubert Sumlin, Carlos Santana, um, and it's really fun. Usually, the last day of the festival, there's some big jam where all the big the heavyweights get on stage mm-hmm. and all Eric jams with them, and they they play something you know mm-hmm. you know usually you know something some great blues classic. Um, it is still going on. the The twenty twenty three festival uh, features Joe Bonamassa and Doyle yes. Brown, John McLaughlin. John McLaughlin. I learned that oh, that's the John correct McLaughlin. way. John McLaughlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you, you should pronounce ask me. I could have yeah. told you that. Not McLaughlin. <laughs> I, I used to call him John McLaughlin. Uh, I can Robert see Randolph, who we saw. Yes, love that guy. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, the brothers Landreth, Roger and McGuinn. Sonny Landreth, Roger nice. McGuinn, McGee McGuinn. Yeah. Um, Buddy Guy is still performing. God bless. Of course Eric he is. Gale, Samantha Fish. Oh, nice. So like some newer, like like Samantha Fish is a more recent mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. guitar kind of legend coming up. Um, where's Where's John Mayer? You see John Mayer on there because he's played a bunch of yeah them. yeah he's uh John Mayer trio John Mayer trio there Second, they are yeah I mean like he's usually all he's usually always there yeah so these are um this is like and and it's so cool and it goes to you know it it also makes him come across as like a cool dude yeah right yeah it's like it isn't just about me Eric Clapton huh oh, huh Eric fucking Clapton everybody it, you know I you know I you know I love all these people I'm a music fan too. Exactly. Um, so those are my ten faces yeah. of uh, of Eric Clapton, faces. and I just I just kind of hope I came across the the way he just kind of like zigs and zags yeah. through his career and decides oh, I'm going to do this, yeah, I'm going to do, do this that, now. I'm going to do something a bit different. I'm not going to be pigeonholed, even even if it would be to my benefit, right? Because probably you know if he had been doing blues albums and everything. Yeah, it probably still would it would have been huge to his benefit, sure. but he wanted to do different things. He likes he likes a lot of music. What's hilarious? Yes, is the guy that didn't want to be in a pop band, right? In the seventies, becomes a gi- giant pop star, right? right. You know what I mean? It has me- yeah. big mega hits. Oh you know, you gosh, gotta, you know, crazy. I'm sure the guys in in the Yardbirds were like, what? Yeah, <laughs> did you hear Eric's new thing? <laughs> what the fuck? The hell, um so um a quick thing i want you guys to check out the channel space ice um oh my gosh that's yeah. really funny this it, there's a lot of channels mm. on youtube that do movie recaps and some of them have found really fun mm-hmm. ways of doing them that are very um 
uh, what would you call it? It's, it's it's very self-aware, right? The way he does he uses kind of self-aware kind of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot. It's it's very satirical, but in a way, don't you get the impression though that the movies he says he likes, he actually does he like. He really does like. He really does like, oh, even yeah. though he's pointing kind out of goofing on go- him a little goofing bit. on him. You know what I mean? But you can tell he really likes them. He can t- he, re- he really likes them. He does and what he doesn't like is Stephen Seagal. Yeah, I was going the ones that he doesn't like. <laughs> you know he does not like um, those movies. Yeah. But I think that um uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jean- Jean-Claude Van Damme, Van Damme, Van Damme, Van Damme, what's his name? Then Nicholas Cage. I think they basically can do no wrong in his eyes. Right, right. He loves those guys. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's super fun. Yeah. Um, and I do have a, uh, I discovered this band on it. I've been discovering music mm-hmm. through the weird, this is the 21st century. How do people find out about new music? I don't know. I, don't, I find it out. I found, I find it, 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 you out, found it out through uh, premier guitars rig rundowns oh okay and this band had a rig rundown oh. on there this is a band called the sword fascinating Sorry, guys. I caught you at the end of one of your songs. Is that Doom? Would you consider that Doom? It's very Sabbath-influenced. Yeah, it's very... Yeah. Um, they remind me a little bit of... Some of it, places, reminds me a little bit of Corrosion of Conformity. Mm-hmm. I hear a little Caius. I, I, the band is called The Sword, okay? Mm-hmm. They're The Sword, not those bands. <laughs> yeah. Okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the album is called... Um, what's the album called? Oh, Warp Rider. Sorry. I have shitty eyes. Um, shitty eyes. Uh, shitty eyes. I got shitty eyes. Did he say the album's name is Shitty Eyes? Exactly. No. Warp uh, Warp Riders. Yes. Awesome cover art, too. Yeah, very, very got, cool. like a whole science fiction. Yep, yep. Um, like those old science fiction novels that you would go look at. Mm-hmm. It was a fascinating cover. I can't remember that artist's name. Keith was here. He would know his oh, name. Oh, yeah. The guy that kind, of, kind of like the same guy that did like the Molly Hatchet covers and that right, kind of right. thing. It kind yeah, of has yeah, that kind of, like kind of thing. stuff you'd see on Starlog magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Day, you know? yeah. It's, really, it's really cool. Um, there's long instrumental sections on this, but as you can see, they, they have vocal tunes. Um, uh, the rig rundown was really cool. They both have base, really basic setups. The one guitarist has an amp. This is hilarious. He's got an amp. Literally has one knob 
Really? <laughs> Literally nice. has one knob. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. It was interesting to hear him talk about how he, how he ended up finding <laughs> it and everything. Um, but yeah, they called the sword. I've uh, linked to the other uh, latest album is, um, as I said, Warp Riders. This came out a few months ago. Came oh, out this cool. year. So check it out. Great band. Um, I think. Yeah. Uh, we try to bring you some new stuff whenever we can. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll do more of that next week. I have uh, some other bands I want to talk nice. to you guys about. So I am going to just say that probably um, the Beatles probably did something today. And we'll yeah. just kind of leave it, leave at, it that. at that. Leave it yeah. at that. We, this went a little bit longer. Uh, when you're you know, talking about a career as varied as Eric Clapton's. Oh, yeah. You know, um, but he went from being in a pop band to being in a pop band. I'm <laughs> star. <laughs> full circle. Yeah, full circle. Oh, God bless him. All right, um, guys, if you like this, let us know with your certain. Um, uh, what's the word that I want, Mr. Pittsburgh? If there are certain topics that you would like oh, yes, us to cover, yes. please let uh, us know. Let us know because we're happy to. Um, uh, visit things that you guys mm-hmm, want want to want to hear us talk about goof on. We kept it. We were kind to Eric today. No, of we didn't course. Do a lot of yes. Um, we didn't do a lot of uh, you know go- goofing on Eric no. though. Um, it's interesting how uh, too like artists will to do things like take tragedies in their lives and turn them into like mega hits. Yeah, you know yeah. Uh, that was a song. That song uh, Piers Nevin was in the movie Rush. Yes, it was. I'm yeah. was that song, that movie. Not the band. Not to be confused with no, the band. No, no, the yeah, movie. But no. um, I'm going to revisit. That's a movie I'm going to revisit. Go back and see. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to re. I'm going to revisit. It's based on a true story about these young folks that got uh, brought into the um, uh, uh, the the drug enforcement mm-hmm. thing, and they were encouraged to like be under deep cover and to like so they ended up getting actually on drugs yeah and their they their priorities became <clears throat> confused yeah and i and i really felt bad because they did jail time and i didn't think it was fair mm-hmm. this is you know we asked these folks to do this to do this you know what and i mean then, and then like then we like kind of threw we felt like we, i sort them. of felt like they got thrown under the bus in my opinion yeah, yeah. you know um I think you know, but they were ended up writing a book about it, and it got uh, became a hit movie. Might have been even Oscar material. I don't remember off the top of my mm. head. But anyways, the song "Tears in Heaven" was the yes, song yes, it from was. it. Um, very very interesting uh, career that Mr. Clapton yes. had. Um, Ludini Rock and Roll Circus dot com. Go check that out for all your new Ludini needs. Mm. Um, and we know we all we know that you have Ludini needs. Oh yeah, we've seen it. Also, there um, we're having some fun in my inner circle group, posting some music and talk, throwing some mm-hmm, ideas around. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, check that out. You can find out more about that at LudiniRockAndRollCircus dot com. It's a private Facebook group. You can get a hold of through there. Um, RockRageRadio dot com. Download what kind of app is that again, Mister Pittsburgh? It is absolutely one hundred percent free. It's free. Nice. It's a free app, so you can check that out. Download that app and listen to great music programming twenty four seven. Programs like. The Ludini Rock and Roll right here. And a bunch of That's other ones. Right. Exactly. And Wolf's Customs dot online. You know, so if you so if you got the Eric Clapton signature, but you just don't like the look, right? Get a hold of Wolf's Customs yeah. and they will do a crazy psychodelic Nice. Whatever you want on it. Yes. Whatever you want. They'll do whatever you want. They'll make you happy. Yeah, they will. All right, guys. Uh, Mr. Pittsburgh, any parting shots, parting thoughts before we get out of here today? No, this is a lot of fun. 
It's like, and, and, and I have to agree with you because you and I grew up the same era. So when I first found out about Eric Clapton, it's just like guitar god. They call him guitar god, really. And it wasn't until later till I started listening to his older stuff, and then when he started getting back into the blues and doing the uh, the the uh, the crossroads and stuff like that you actually get to see him play you're like oh okay i get it now but uh yeah and it's so funny that you said that because i used to feel real guilty about (laughs) you know like oh eric clap yeah have you have you heard any van halen (laughs) have you heard satriani have you have you heard these people um you know eric clapton had a um uh <laughs> Speaking of that, and and and, yes. and here's another thing. There was a um, article in Musician Magazine where um, Clapton criticized Eric uh, Eddie Van Halen. Uh-huh. So that put me off to Eric Clapton for a long yeah, like, time. Yo yo yo! Fuck you. <laughs> um, okay, so so one of the and, and here's another thing. Eric Clapton has the nickname Slowhand. Yes, he does. So okay, so who do I want to listen to? Do I want to listen to Eddie Van Halen and Randy Rhodes, or uh-huh. do I want to listen to somebody who calls himself Slowhand? <laughs> um, so, real quick, we just—I I didn't. I wanted to mention this earlier, and I forgot. Um, okay, so, this is how he got that nickname. He's been called Slowhand for years. He has an album called Slowhand. Uh, rather than handling his handing his guitar to a roadie to restring it. Uh, during uh, song breaks, Clapton would do it himself. This often meant long pauses between songs, oh, prompting audience members to break out into a slow hand clap. <laughs> nah. In other words, people were going like this. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that combined with the pun on his surname led uh, the, uh, the roadie <laughs> to call him, dub him slow hand. That's, oh, I was wondering how he got that. That's Go- funny. Gomez, go. Gomelski, Gomelski, somebody named Gomel. I don't know who Gomelski is. If we probably looked up the whole article. We could have mm-hmm. told you, but yeah. I just wanted yeah, to get give you guys a funny little, bit, thing, yeah, funny little tid, little little tidbit. Yeah, slow hand. So it's you gotta understand. A string. Being a teenager, you know, rocking out to guitarists like. Um, you know the guys in Night Ranger right. and all these like right. hot, yes. really hot guitars. Yes. Like Eric, really kind of, you know, because especially when you all you know yeah. is his seventies uh-huh. stuff. Right. He sounds like kind of lame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. And then he has the nerve. That album, um, I'm gonna have to go back. I said I'm gonna go back and listen to the one uh, with that uh, Eddie Van Halen and Brian May did together. Oh yeah, Star, oh Starfleet. Academy. That's not what it's called. That's not what it's called, <laughs> but it is star something. Yeah. Um. And but they do a song with that they dedicated to Eric Clapton, and <laughs> and um he was interviewed and Eric was like I don't like it and um Ugh. and he said well why don't you like it and he said well they can't play and oh, um man. that like really put mm. a lot of people off of him what, what, for what? yeah you know, a long yeah. time yeah. eddie van halen and brian may cannot play like that's just mm. no, that's wrong Down, that downright wrong yes you wrong eric clapton you yes, wrong wrong but He's an old man now, done, and I imagine that uh, I don't know. Did he ever ask Eddie to come and play at the guitar fest? Probably not. Probably not. I, yeah. Yeah. It would have been. It would have been um, epic. He's too damn if he fast. Did. He. Uh, my name's Slow Hand. You can't handle fast hand. It's Slow Hand concert. 
<laughs> so anyways all right guys oh, fun topic hope yeah. you guys enjoyed it next week we'll be back with something really cool anyways hope you guys enjoyed it we'll catch you all on the next Ludini rock and roll circus see ya